The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Here's a question I received from Amanda. You know, people can have mania where they're going crazy. They're, they're running, they're, I don't know, dating many people, sleeping with many people when they shouldn't be, and they are driving down the highway at uh, 150 miles an hour and drunk, and they're just making very bad decisions. So this, I, what I'm going about to say is called trichotillomania. And what do you think trichotillomania is about? Trichotillomania. I don't know, it kind of brings up images of spiders to me. Well, let me tell you, it's none of the above. It's not uh, mania. It's not having to do with spiders. It's not having to do with anything that trickles. (laughs) It's having to do with compulsive hair pulling. You know, you see that gray hair, you've got to pull it out. Or you have hairs growing in places that you don't want them, and you pick them out, and you just can't stop doing it. Now, you do that once in a while, it's it's normal, totally, absolutely normal. We all groom, we all pluck our eyebrows, uh, we all take hairs out of our ears or nose or chin if, we, if we're getting older. We all, we all dye our hair, we do a lot of things with hair. So here is a question from Amanda, and see what help you might offer her. And we'll talk about it, uh, too. Hi, Dr. Kenner. Should I seek help for my constant need for hair picking? I pick my eyebrows nonstop every day, and I have been doing this for years since I, am fi- since I was five years old. I am now 18, and it's ruining my social life. My eyebrows are really oddly shaped. They are chunky and end about halfway where my eye is. There is a, this is capital letters, um, there is a very large space between both my eyebrows. How attractive is that? If I don't pick them, I get incredible tension and I give in to the temptation. I will obsess with one hair. After I pick one out, I have a sort of ritual for the hair I pick out. Do I have trichotillomania, and is there any way I can stop, Amanda? Amanda, yes to both. Yes, it's called trichotillomania. I wish we would all just call it a hair-picking tick, T-I-C, you know, rather than this crazy name, uh, but that's what we're stuck with. And, um, and there is incredible help. There is no reason for you to have to go another decade uh, with with pulling out your eyebrows. There are wonderful, wonderful skills and you're obviously motivated because you wrote to me. So let me, t- a little bit about trichotillomania. It's called repetitive hair pulling and it can be anywhere on the body. I mean, some people pull hairs off their chin. Let's say a guy's got a beard. Some might do it on their scalp or your eyebrows or eyelashes. I worked with a case many years ago with eyelashes uh, and It's a noticeable hair loss. It isn't just one out-of-place hair or one gray hair. That's fine to do. And it's the dynamic that goes on with trichotillomania, the hair pulling, that's the problem. You feel a lot of tension prior to pulling. And when you try to resist that urge, it becomes more intense. And you just need to get, you just got to pull that thing out. And when you pull that that bugger out of your eyebrow, that hair out, you feel a sense of pleasure or gratification. Some people feel, feel relief momentarily. And then you feel shameful. You look in the mirror, you look at the weird eyebrows that you now have that start midway through your eyes and you've got this large space. And you feel like you are an embarrassment anywhere you walk. You talk to friends. What do they notice? Of course, they're 
at looking at your face. That's what we look at with people mostly. And so you try to date someone and they bring you home to the parents and this is my girlfriend and you've got this weird space. It looks like you've lost control and you have lost control, but not of your whole life. And don't beat yourself up about that. You've lost control of the I, of of a habit. You've built up a habit that's very well ingrained. Um, you may have some cover-up strategies. Some people, maybe you darken your eyebrows so people who pull their hair on their scalp might wear wigs or actually color their scalp. So I'm going to now jump in with a taste of cognitive therapy. You can go to my website, drkenner.com, or you can go to um, the Academy of CT.org, the cognitive therapy website, and look up trichotillomania. My website, you need to go to the Academy of uh, org. So here are the skills. Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad, and then Alan will be back. Romance. <laughs> I wish I knew more about what girls want from a relationship. Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance, a serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Huh. The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting. So here are the skills. First... Uh, some thera- cognitive therapists will actually have you keep a log of your activities during the day. You don't do this forever, but you do it to get information like a scientist. Uh, who, what, when, where, why, and how. What, when do I pick? Uh, when do I not pick? So you jot this down. You go through a day. You actually log in what happens during the day regarding the picking. When am I more relaxed? What happened just before I started picking? What did I say to myself when I went to pick? People say all sorts of things to themselves. I deserve to pick. I've had a hard day. Um, one, I can, I can just pick one here. It won't matter. I can't stop this. It's compulsive. I have to pick. I mean, if you tell yourself it's compulsive, if you have to pick, what are you going to do? You're going to pick. So y- people tell themselves all different things. Then cognitive therapy takes you, once you get your information of what you say to yourself, what tr- what are your triggers, what are the high-risk situations, maybe you're watching TV, maybe you're at a magnifying mirror, maybe you're driving and pulling your hair out, uh, what emotions are you having, anxiety, guilt, shame, or boredom, maybe excitement or joy, what is the function of pulling out your hair? You want to answer that question for yourself. And then you you want to raise your awareness. You know, sometimes people pick without, you know, like you can pick your fingernails or you bite your fingernails and you're not even aware you're doing it. You need to raise your, raise your awareness. You re- need to be able to um, identify, oh my God, I'm about to pick. What can I do? And then you want to get rid of the, oh my God, because you don't want to make it catastrophic. Some people put tape on their fingers so that they're more aware when they're going into picking or they start, they hold their hands down by this side. Um, you can learn relaxation skills, which will help. Uh, you can understand why you pull. Maybe it was frustration from your past. You said you've had it for many decades. Be prepared for slip-ups. They are never a problem. If you have a slip-up, uh, just just be kind to yourself. Who cares? And go back to your skills. So cognitive therapy can give you wonderful skills to deal with trichotillomania. And here's a little more from Dr. Kenner. 
Did she say anything, mutter anything at all? Yes, come to think of it, she did. A bad seed. Oh, yes, she was starting to write a book. Something around the theory, let me see, that a child can inherit criminal tendencies in the blood. If you'll forgive me, that's a pretty specious theory. That's what I told her myself. It's all a matter of environment, isn't it? Of course. And that's from the movie The Bad Seed. And, you know, you might have, you might have a kid in your own family and you say, you know, they, they, he's just the bad seed. And, you know, it must have been something wrong with him genetically. Or, or maybe it was the environment. Maybe it's their family. You're looking at someone else's family. You know, maybe it's the way they brought him up that has to do with it. And definitely the way you parent matters a lot. But there's another pa- part that matters even more. And that is... You, as that child, the bad seed, how have you run your life? What thinking have you done? I have seen kids make decisions. I used to work with a lot of very young children at the age of two and a half and up. And you could see the process of decision making. Am I going to steal from Dr. Kenner's office or not? I like that toy. Should I put it in my pocket or not? Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I will. And then you see their choice making. Hey, hon, it looks like you got something in your pocket there. What's going on? <laughs> it's like, nothing. I have nothing. Or I have something. They make choices all the time. And we, we make it look like kids don't have free will. They don't have volition. They do. They do need moral guidance. And if you give them rational moral guidance, it's a lifetime gift. If you give them irrational moral guidance telling them that they have to sacrifice themselves all the time, then it's the biggest disservice you can ever give them. And hopefully they can think themselves out of it. But that's it's very tough to think about the deepest moral questions. And many people avoid it. And they just stick with whatever morality their parents had, or they just switch it up a bit and uh, pick up things in the culture. And they never question what their motor is, their moral code. For more Dr. Kenner podcast. Go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Drs. Kenner and Locke. A repressed lover's lack of passion will undermine the entire emotional tone of the relationship. Who wants to make love to a robot? Repression can be difficult to cure and usually requires the help of a trained professional. The roots of repression often lie in an unhappy childhood full of pain, during which the child, usually subconsciously, decides to block off the psychological pain by refusing to feel anything. This helps the child get through the painful times, but not without cost. Some people are passionless for other reasons. They may be shallow individuals with no independent, deeply held values at all. Such people are not promising as romantic partners. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and buy it at amazon.com.